Hello and welcome to the Slow Home Podcast. This is the podcast all about slow living in a fast-paced world. I'm Brooke McCallery. Welcome to episode 228. I'm Ben McCallery and we are a week into our great outdoors experiment for March. We are. First experiment of 2018 and it has started off beautifully so just enjoyably (laughs) I mean I knew that this was right up my alley but I have been floored by how much I'm enjoying it first of all and by how much everyone else who's joining us has been enjoying it everyone's pumped on the social medias really really excited for it and I think it's because like we were talking about in last week's episode we understand on like a rational physical level, how important it is to spend time outdoors. And we also understand how often we put that aside because of busyness, because of weather, because of urban living, whatever. So I feel like this has really cut to the heart of something important to people. And, you know, the the experiment side of it is fun. Like the challenge side of it is fun and it gets us energized and enthusiastic for a month. But I really think that there is something here that people are excited to to do and to bring into their lives. Absolutely. We're excited to talk about the benefits as well. So for this month, we want to structure the four major episodes for the for March around specific factors. Like benefits of benefits is what I was trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, so specific benefits of being outdoors. So everything from the emotional state to the physical state to the mental state, you know, like just break down what those are. Yeah. And I think this week, no surprise, it's going to be the emotional well-being because that's the first thing that you experience. Yeah, it was funny. When we were structuring this month's episodes, we initially said that we would do emotional well-being first because it was, and this is the quote, the softest of the four. And, I mean, it is, but it's also the thing that comes to us most quickly. I mean, I said last week, when I'm outdoors, when I'm going for a walk, it takes about five minutes for my emotional well-being to benefit from being outside. Like five minutes, truly, and I'm grinning like a loon when I'm walking in the trees, when I'm walking along the river, when I'm out skiing, whatever it is. It takes about five minutes of, of outdoor exposure for me to feel different emotionally. Uh, and I mistakenly assumed that there would be very little research into this, like the emotional well-being piece of being outside. And I'm wrong. There's so much research that we're going to, to kind of go into and, and weave into it our experiences and, you know, our challenges and the benefits we've discovered. But it is like, the more I read about this experiment and this thing that we're trying to do, Mm. the more convinced I am that there is something hugely valuable to individuals, but society in like on the whole by spending more time out in nature. I I really am. I'm really already quite surprised and delighted by it. No, I think that's a good starting point to introduce some music. Yeah, so that's like set the scene perfectly about this episode. So, but before we get into 
the benefits, I think it's important to talk about how we've actually spent the last week in mm-hmm. the great outdoors. And starting off, I thought we'll, as a family unit, we'd do a lot of it together, like all of it together. Yeah. But it's just not that possible with sick little kids, with the way that our routine around work and all that has worked out. Mm-hmm. It's just not possible to be all outside all at the same time. Not every day. No. Not every day. So that's been a factor. That's been interesting, I think, mm-hmm. for the first week. It's a myth that I had that is now well and truly debunked. And I'm glad for it in many ways because it's allowed us to enjoy the activities that we want to enjoy uh, together. And we'll talk about those in a second. But also the unique ways we like to s- spend our time outdoors. Yeah. Individually. Individually. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. How did you spend – well, we're, this is day seven. We, ha- oh, we haven't spent any time outdoors today. So the last six days, what, mm-hmm. what does that look like for you? Uh, various things that I've done, but I think I've made the 60 minutes on all days but one. So – and you know what? That's That's fine. I'll talk about why that's fine in a minute, but – it's been a combination of walking. I think four out of the six days I've gone for a walk along the river and I found a like a beautiful little really easy flat trail near where we're staying at the moment that just winds through this gorgeous treed area and then comes out in the, the last half of the walk, comes back along the river. You've You've shot many uh, Instagram photo <laughs> of this true. walk. It's, uh, it's beautiful and yeah. it's... It's easy and it's flat and it's quiet and it's accessible. So I think that's been four days of the six. Sometimes we've come home from a day skiing and I'll go and do that walk as well because I enjoy it so much. Uh, but one of those days I just spent most of my time sitting by the river and watching the water flow by. Like I, I wasn't exercising, mm-hmm. I wasn't yep. focusing on getting my heart rate up. I was simply sitting in nature. And for me, that's actually kind of the the heart of the whole experiment. Don't make it about more than it needs to be. If you want to combine it with exercise, wonderful, but you don't have to. I mean, one of my favorite quotes, and I've I've searched for it and I can't find the exact quote, but I remember reading it years ago and it says, I'm going to murder it here, but if you sit in nature, sit still in nature long enough, it will show you something. Yeah. And I always held that dear to me. I remember when we lived in the mountains, in the Blue Mountains, I used to just sit on our deck most days, even just for five minutes, and just sit still and watch. And invariably something would happen. You know, a bird would catch a worm or I'd watch the ants and figure out what they were doing or I'd see a bee that I hadn't seen before. I'd hear something. And for me that's really what a lot of this week's been about. It's been being present in in nature, in that that time rather than feeling like I need to to move and rush and so how many of the last six days did you spend walking like just doing because for me when we started this great outdoors experiment it it meant in the past it's meant bushwalking like Mm -hmm. that's been the number one thing for me and for the family I think that that that's what it means to be in the great outdoors is to be in nature amongst trees, walking. Yep. So you've done that 
Of how many of the six days? Four. Okay, so you've done that. So what have you done for the other two days? Uh, skiing. We've gone skiing. Uh, that's one of the reasons we love being where we are at the moment in the Rockies. There's a couple of ski hills within half an hour. And I'm a reformed snowboarder. <laughs> Been skiing this time around. Uh, and just absolutely loving it. You know, and, and the kids are now at an age where we can almost spend a full day up on the hill. Yeah. So you're looking at four or five, six, seven hours of being in nature. I mean, and yes, you're on a ski hill. There's lifts, there's other people, there's day lodge, whatever. But the hills that we go to, we're also really fortunate. They're pretty quiet. And there are many Especially runs. midweek. Yeah, midweek, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, many runs where you are the only person on the hill and you so many times I stop and just marvel at the fact that I am sliding down a freaking mountain right now. On a piece of wood. On a piece of wood. And yeah. like that's simultaneously mm. awesome mm. and bizarre yeah. and amazing. Yeah. So it's um that that's been one of the other things. I haven't been out on the hill nearly as much as I wanted in the last week because, as you said, the kids have been sick, so we've kind of been tag teaming. Yeah. And the other day, yeah, we all went dog sledding together, which was just mind blowing, mm. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Just a, a, like a mind blowing. Seriously, one of the best experiences I've had in my life. Yeah. Really? I mean, I knew like, I would enjoy it, but I didn't realize that it would affect me like it did. It, everything about it. Yeah. The company that we went through and how much they loved and respected their dogs and treated yeah. them like family. Well, they were family. Uh, and the place that we did it out at Spray Lakes. And the day that we were out there, it was freezing cold. Yeah, One of the minus, coldest days. Oh, minus 27, I something think. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And the experience of driving our own sled and working in tandem with those animals and uh, it was just all phenomenal. Mm. It's a magical experience and you you really got – you had to work. This is what surprised me about the dog sledding, okay. I, I expected to be sitting in a sled and these dogs just take you. it would be passive. Yeah, very yeah. passive. It is anything not. but. No, it's not passive. I was sore the next day. So if you're dr- – so we were, we were lucky enough to be in a sled where a whole four of us could – in, in the one sled, which I think is pretty rare. Mm. Uh, so it was just a great amount of room for us all. And we had these six dogs and we can name all the dogs. Well, I can. Dasha, Dancer. Yeah, Dancer. exactly. And one of us had to drive the sled. And by driving, it is anything but sitting in a car and driving. Yeah. Like it is if you're going up a slight incline, you have to get off the well, off the back of the sled and run with it because the dogs the can tell if you're not pulling your weight, they will go very slow. Yeah, they'll and hate you by that, the end of it. They'll ha- they look back. It's bizarre. They look back at you when they're going up a, an incline to make sure you're off the back of the sled yeah. and helping and like running along with it or pushing. And so there was a lot of that. We had – we. We took it in turns, didn't we? We, yeah. we swapped halfway through. But I found that like, you know, being in a higher elevation as well, the uh, breathing aspect of mm. being outside is really, really important. And that, it's like that's happened to me. So I spent three days on the hill last week. Yeah, so this is your, your last week. Yeah. yeah, so three days. The kids were enrolled in a ski camp, so they went out and um, – yeah, they were just learning how to ski and being 
with other kids as well, which we thought was really important for them. But they had a ball, absolute ball. But what that meant was we didn't have to go down all the green runs all the time. Mm-hmm. And so we got to explore more of the mountain. And I was absolutely exhausted. I spent those three days on the board, on the snowboard, like you have kind of adopted skiing as my preferred mode now but still love the snowboard and it was just a, a great time to, to do to do it but I there was mu- there's muscles in my legs that I had no idea like one very close to my shin that is particularly still very very sensitive so that physical tired and that which we'll get to in, in future episodes but going back to the breathing thing I found that so important just being able to like control your breath mm. and being very mindful of your breath was really important. Otherwise, you'd just be, I'd just be all over the place and I wouldn't be able to do one run. So I found that just a really, really – you kind of expected it. You're up a mountain, you know, you're 2,000 2, metres above sea level. But I just felt like that being, being very in tune with my breathing – was really, really interesting mm. and really meditative almost. Yeah. It, Particularly yeah. with you, no, you're not riding with anyone. It's just yourself. I like, I like being by myself. All you've got is the sound of the snow and your breathing yeah. and your heartbeat in your throat. <laughs> That's really what it felt like. Yeah. It's, it is actually a beautiful exercise in present moment awareness, I mm. think, skiing and snowboarding. Truly, if you're challenging yourself, I mean, you can go on autopilot and it's fine and you can kind of get to the bottom of the run and go, oh, am I done? But if you're challenging yourself, there's that you really need to get into a rhythm quite quickly. Absolutely. And you need to be focusing on what your knees are doing and your hips and your shoulders and where you're looking and what you're focusing on. And, you know, you can't, you can't be distracted. Because yeah. if you're distracted, you fall over. You're going to fall over. Yeah. So you've got to be very into your physic, what you're doing physically. But my constant companion over those three days was my breath. Yeah. Because I had to control it. It was quite cold. And if I breathed too hard, it would fog up my goggles. So I had to like do triangle breathing and and just – I just found it incredible. Mm. Just – my breath was just with me the whole time and I had to control it, but yet he, it was controlling me. So it was this like, you know, t- push and pull sort of factor. Mm. Yeah, it was really, really interesting. Quite yogic. Yeah. So uh, What I will say is that when you came home after those three days, one day we were together, but the other two you were up there by yourself. You you had a high. You are on a, on a mm, nature high. Yeah. And I hadn't seen that in you for a while. It's been really Really beautiful. What, so, okay, we did dog sledding. You've skied three days. What were your other? Uh, I, I, we did a, a walk, Yeah, uh, a, a bush walk, which, as I said, that's I think half the time when I when we're doing this experiment, it will be bush walking somewhere. Yeah. Like that's just the way it is. And then the, the last time was it was just spent walking around town with Toby in a, in a more urban environment, mm. which was great, but... Of all the six days so far, it was the one that I didn't enjoy the most yeah. because I just wasn't still getting exercise, still outside. I was out there more than an hour, hour and a half probably. But it was stop and start and it was errand running yeah. and it wasn't necessarily. Well, you weren't in the trees. You weren't no, exactly. in nature. You so were outside. So that's something that I sort of 
reflected on and, and wanted to learn more about. It's not just spending time outside, but for me, it needs to be not in an urban setting. Well, that's it. It's it's nature, isn't it? Like if there was a park and you guys sat in a park for an hour, that might be different. But yeah, you were wandering around the street. So did you do some research about that? So uh, yeah, I just wanted to look at, this is how I was feeling, but is it backed up with science? Like is it actual proven um, scientifically? So I, yeah, I did a bit of a Google search and <laughs> how like, 2005 is that. Did you use I, the Google? I did a Google search. This great article, it's out of Berkeley. It's called How Nature Can Make You Kinder, Happier and More Creative. And it looked at a series of studies, Finland, Japan, America, where they took this sample size, divided it into one spent time out. So both outdoors. Mm-hmm. In every single study, it was you are outdoors. One in an urban setting and one in nature, in a forest. And every single study, whether it was, and they ranged from 20 minutes outside to 90 minutes outside a day. They had five like psychological benefits. So five like emotional benefits. They included, was shown to decrease stress, makes you happier, so the serotonin levels are increased in every sample size of those that are in the forest, in the trees, in, nature as opposed in the to nature. It, yeah. Sorry, this is for every one. Increases creativity mm. and increases you paying attention to things. It makes you even it makes you kinder and more generous. How weird is that? And the last one is it makes you feel more alive. Right. When and that's bizarre, but. I want to I want to link to this article because it it goes into every study and it details exactly what it, what happened to the participants right. that increases these. I just thought that I was like, yeah, that's the link, right? That's that is actually science backing up what we're actually feeling. And I didn't know that. I just thought being outside was being outside, and the benefits were there, but. I really feel like it's the environment that you put yourself in as well and what you're doing outside that I think matters even more. Right. So you're you're pretty much convinced that the difference between being outdoors in an urban environment versus being outdoors in a nature setting is vast. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I've discovered as well in the research I was doing. For me, I found obviously personally the stress relief piece was quite obvious I wrote a couple of weeks ago about how I was feeling agitated one day and I went for a walk. And within 10 minutes, that agitation had had gone, that stress had been removed, forgotten, released, whatever. But it was replaced by this other thing that okay. is, for me, I think this is the key to all of it. Or a sense of amazement at nature big nature of course mountains waterfalls rivers you know skiing that sort of like big nature yep. but also small tiny tiny nature right the thing that is the key the the commonality for me in experiencing any kind of nature is a sense of awe 
and everything that you were outlining in that research. Or A-W-E. Yes, or like awesome or inspiring. You know, everyone understands that that sensation we get when we are filled with awe. It might be like a like a tingling up the up your spine or like tears welling in your eyes or a lump in your throat or just that gobsmacked sense of, oh, my God, Gosh, look, look yeah. at that, look yeah. at that. And I have said that out loud and to myself countless times since we've been here in the Rockies. But that sense of awe is, for me, it, it's central to all of it because what it does is, first of all, give a sense of perspective and it makes you, makes me at least, feel like I am part of something so much bigger, like a small but integral part of something so much bigger. Mm-hmm. And I assumed that was just me being an overly sensitive, sensitive writer and, you know, trying to make this thing happen. And then I found all these studies that essentially named the emotion of awe as more important in unlocking all the, the benefits you just listed mm. than happiness. Oh, wow. Okay. Awe makes you more generous. It makes you kinder. It makes you more ethical. Awe makes you pay attention to the present moment. And here is the kicker. It is essentially mindfulness. Mm. But the reason that awe works is because it forces us to slow down and be fully immersed in that thing that we are in awe of for a moment. And what that does is stretch time. It stretches our perception of time. It slows everything down and everything feels richer and deeper for it. And this is backed by science. This is not just me saying it. I've been talking about this for three years, but this is actually backed by science. Yeah. And that, from that it. comes a desire to protect the environment. From that comes stress relief. From that comes elevated happiness. From that comes a sense of being part of something greater. All from spending time in nature. Like this is what I mean when I was saying at the beginning, I really think that there is something hugely important for individuals but society with this idea of spending more time in nature and it's not just some hippy-dippy woo-woo thing of like grounding yourself to the earth. Like it is, it makes us better people. Yeah. So I, I really thought that this episode would be like soft in terms of here's my experience. Here's the findings feel, of what we've yeah, – I feel happy yeah, and, yeah. you know, I'm smiling in nature. Yeah. I actually think that it's one of the biggest things mm. to come out of it already. I, I just, I, I'm, I, I don't know. It, it, it floors me. Yeah. That something so quote, you know, air quote simple is so transformative. I'm wondering whether we should have at the beginning, like taken measurements on, I don't know how you would do it, but your mental well-being, your emotional well-being at the start of this yeah, like experiment. Yeah, doing a questionnaire or something. Yeah, and then at the end filling out the same questionnaire. Or even this is – and I, I, the the awe thing is pretty special because I totally get that. You go out – you know, we could be working or doing something indoors, on the screen, on the computer, whatever it is, online, connected. And then you go outside and – for some reason, everything resets outside. Like yeah. your mind resets, your priorities re- might reset, all different things just sort of click over. And then when you come back, you, you have this like spark of creativity mm-hmm. or this, this barrier that was there is no longer there. Like how powerful is that? That's incredible. It, that, that's the awe-inspiring awe thing is 
how simple it is, but how yet how powerful it is. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. So I think that the <laughs> in the back of my head, I can hear people say, that's all well and good for you guys. You're literally living in the Rockies at the moment. How much more? Or can you get? It, well, exactly. But also how much closer to nature can you get? And the answer mm. is not very. You really can't get much closer than we are. And we fully... That's why we chose this experiment. Abs- well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> For this time. Of course. This, yeah. But I fully accept that that's not going to be a possibility for everyone. In fact, for most people listening. But what is possible, and as I mentioned in last week's episode, I did put together a checklist of 30 different options, possible ways of engaging with nature over the month, which you can download at slowyourhome.com slash nature just a one-page PDF checklist scavenger hunt. Mm -hmm. Not every one of those is going to fit every climate at this point in time. We've had a few people say, oh, yeah, but it's a bit early in Germany to be doing this or it's a bit hot in Australia to be doing this. Fine, don't do it. Do something else. But the point was to explore the different ways and the tiny ways, the small two-minute ways You can engage with nature. You don't have to go for a walk along the river in the Rocky Mountains. You don't have to hike a mountain. You don't have to go skiing. You don't have to even give half an hour to a a walk around the park at your, your, your local neighborhood park. Go outside and find a flower. Yeah. Look up at the clouds. Sit outside for 10 minutes with a cup of tea and watch the stars. You know, it doesn't have to be anything huge. It doesn't have to be grand. But I think that... If you can spend this next week flipping your mindset to one of awe, to one of like childlike wonder, to one of excitement, what can I, what can I find? What can I discover? What, what tiny little gem of nature can I mm. uncover today? And just use that as you're in it. Like, let's not overcomplicate things. Yeah. You know, I, I truly think that there is so much to be gained by opening our eyes to that. I can't remember if I was writing about it in my journal or if we spoke about it last week, but I found myself in our garden, in those tiny moments of nature in our garden in the Blue Mountains, when I was at the worst of my depression, when I was just starting treatment, when I was so deeply unhappy. It was, we had this vine in our garden called a a Hardenbergia. And one late winter morning, I noticed that it was about to start blooming. And for about a week, I would go out every morning when I hung the clothes out and I would look at the tiny little buds. And every day I would notice that they were a little bit fatter, a little bit whiter, a little bit closer to blooming every day until one day I went out and they had bloomed Mm. overnight when I wasn't watching. Mm. And that was so powerful to me, this tiny Mm. little white flower on our fence in the suburbs had such an impact on me because it, it just opened my eyes to the enormity of the tiny moments in nature and that's why I would sit on our back deck for five minutes a day and just watch mm-hmm. and that's why I would find myself poking around in the dirt looking for a worm just so I could watch them doing their thing like it, it it's about changing the way we view the world around us do you think I just thought of something and that's like a really beautiful transition is that if you have too much of the big ores, like the mountains, like the, you know, streams and rivers and all that sort of like the big awe-inspiring moments, 
and not enough of the, the little ores, I think perspective can shift quite dramatically and you could be on the never-ending search and inquiry for those big ores that yeah, so, much, dump, yeah. so much of us are sometimes. It's like we need to go and push ourselves even further. Climb the bigger mountain. Climb the big, yeah, exactly, mm. all that sort of stuff. So it, I like the way that the little ores balance out the big ores mm-hmm. as well. I'm just looking out the window. I can see a squirrel climbing across the road, neighbour's front wall. Sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> that's a medium ore for yeah, us because we've never seen squirrels. That's right. And I'm pretty awe-inspired. I, no, I th- you know what? I think you're right and that's why I think taking the time to soak in what is in front of us in its big and tiny ways is really important. You could be standing on top of a mountain or standing at the foot of a mountain or this enormous rushing river. And yes, that's big. And yes, you may think, oh, where's the next one? Where's the next biggest one? Can I climb that mountain? Can I kayak in this river? But by experiencing the the bigness of it and then also focusing on the smallness that is there too, like a squirrel, like a bee, like the way the water kind of swirls around the rocks, like the sounds that you hear. I think that always grounds you in the here and now. It's not a, a matter of dominating. It's not a matter of owning. It's not a matter of climbing every peak figuratively or literally. It's about immersing yourself in what it offers, Mm. which is, I mean, I talk about it all the time. Tiny details are the stuff of life. I really, like, I really do believe that. And this is such a wonderful experiment for that because it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be grand. What do you think about being in a car and being outdoors? Because when you're talking about little laws, like for me over the past week, two wonderful but really small things that I've seen, you know, in nature, in the great outdoors, just perplexed me and like just I was just like baffled by it. And number one is when it snows and the tiny snowflakes that hit the windscreen and – you know, they're just every single one is a little bit different, but mm. they're all perfect in their own way. And so you just look at that and like getting the kids involved in that, mm-hmm. I thought was, yeah, just beautiful. And they're noticing things like that. And also the way that like snow drifts across the road when it's, when there's a bit of wind mm. and it, it's like this piece of velvet on the road and it's just like hypnotizing. <laughs> like that's sort of being outdoors, but it's not really being outdoors. Like that, that's a weird one for me. Like you're still appreciating the great outdoors, but I guess all five of your senses are not mm. involved. Yeah, I think I think it shows that you're paying more attention mm. and I think that shows that you're switched on to like the, the details of life, which I think is beautiful. I don't necessarily think that it is because well, you're not outside, you know, but would but you have... But you're not inside either. No, I know. No, look, any, any kind of noticing is beautiful, honestly. But in terms of this month's experiment, Mm. I don't necessarily think that it counts. But I do think it's it's a flow-on benefit. Yeah, well, it's not helping physically. No. But emotionally, it could very well be having an impact. I just, I think it's more, and I'm sure it is. I I just think that it's more in in light of this experiment. It's more a benefit or a byproduct of the experiment rather than part of the experiment itself, if that makes sense. Yeah, so I guess for those that 
it's either like way too cold to be outside or way too hot to be outside. Being in a car, being in nature is not just as good, but it's it's still a... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get it. I absolutely get it. And as we said last week... We're always going to hit it up against a wall about like how do we frame this up? Well, I know? think it's pretty easy. We frame it up by being outside. But if you can't be outside... <laughs> You get, you at least enjoy. Yeah, exactly. Like outside. we said last week, yeah. you know, with the experiment in the prison with the uh, the inmates watching the nature videos while they're exercising has a marked benefit. That's it. That's what I was trying to get Sure. At. And I, I I get it, but I just don't let that become your, your stand in. It's like, oh, it's a bit cold to be outside or it's a bit hot to be outside. So I'm going to go for a drive. Like go for a drive, but then get out of your car and then spend five minutes in sure. nature. Sure, sure. Yeah, I I just, I don't know. I think that uh, quite a few people have come back at us with the excuse for not partaking that it's too cold. Like, yeah, I get it. That's why it's an, like, like, that's why it's not, it's supposed to be a bit challenging. Of course it is. But I also think that, I mean, we're out there in minus 27. Someone commented on my Instagram post the other day, there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothes. Like, yeah. Kind of. Yep. I get that a lot of people don't like the cold. Some people don't like the hot. Work with what you've got. Yeah, absolutely. Work to your strengths uh, so th- and, you know, just do your best. So over the next seven days, we're going to focus on? Performance. So things like creativity, concentration, memory, whether or not we we personally notice any marked difference ourselves. And then also next week we're going to be looking at the research, which is really interesting about this stuff. Uh, If you're looking for some motivation or some more information, Florence Williams' book, The Nature Fix, is a really good place to start. If you are interested in joining us for a book club as well, actually, that's the book that we are reading for the March book club. The book club runs only over on Instagram, just to try and keep it simple and contained. If you follow Slow Home Pod on Instagram, we talk about it a couple of times a month. Uh, And it's a really good book given what we're doing with this experiment. So I'm actually quite interested in in this one, whether or not we try and get our outside time done in the morning and see if it impacts our work or sleep or I don't don't know. I'm I'm really curious to see. In terms of at what stage in the day you do it? Yeah, maybe. I mean, again, I don't want to complicate things. I mean, I've done it. So far, just during the day, I'd love to do it at night, see what that does, like just before bed, whether you become more energized and more creative and it doesn't help you. I don't know. Like, (laughs) okay, I don't know. Like, it that would be interesting to try and look at because I know that you have enjoyed doing your walks in the afternoon, like, that's when you've got your greatest benefit from them, yeah, but. Imagine doing them in the well. Skiing is sort of done the whole day, but in the mornings, yeah, yeah. It'd just be interesting to to compare whether the time of day has any factor. Mm. Anyway, we'll 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 test that out this week and report back. This week, week we'll have a couple of challenges as well in terms of getting our time. We're travelling for a couple of days. Our time in Canmore is up almost for now. Mm. <laughs> we'll be back. We'll, we will be back. And, yeah, there'll be a couple of days we're on the road. So it will be interesting to see how we, we do that. Hopefully the kids are feeling yeah. better, which I think will help as well. But for anyone following along, playing along with us, I, let us know how you're finding it. Let us know if you've had any moments of awe 
or yeah, just what what's your emotional state after a week? Sp- yeah. yeah, yeah. What what have you found challenging? What have you found easier than you expected? Is prioritizing time outside harder or or simpler? Uh, yeah, let us know. Instagram, Facebook, over on the the website. Uh, so some of the research that we have read from and and gone through today, we will link to in the show notes, slowyourhome.com slash 228. I think that's it. Absolutely. Yeah, I. it's snowing outside. I'm going to put on my jacket and I'm going for a walk. So uh, that's what I'm up to now. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your, your week. See you. Hi, Pass. Excuse me. <laughs> That's one for the bloopers. One for the blooper reels. The blooper reels.